Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to another review of Andor. We are talking about episode six this week, The Eye, which uh, we were anticipating heavily after last week. It all came to a head in this episode. We're going to dive into this whole thing. But before we do so, please hit that like button down below and subscribe to our channel for continued Star Wars content. We're on the road to 1,000 subs, so all of your subscriptions really matter. If you are watching this video and you haven't subscribed, please do so. It'll really help us out and it'll let us know that you guys want to see more content from us and it will really help us continue to make great content for all of you. And comment below, let us know what you thought of Andor episode six. This will be a full spoiler discussion. So if you haven't watched the episode yet, obviously uh, save this video and come back to it. But you guys can get into all the spoilers you want down in the comments. We will be responding to all of them. So, as I teased at the beginning, Andor Episode 6 is the exciting, action-packed episode we've been waiting for for the last three weeks since Episode 3, but, but really the entirety of the storm that's been building to this uh, collision point in Andor has happened. And, and as we kind of speculated last week, it's all come to a head here in Episode 6. Senek, what were your thoughts on the eye? Yeah, uh, really fascinating of an episode because it does serve essentially as the f finale of this first half season of the show. Um, and it really does play on this kind of format that we've been getting with a lot of the Star Wars shows with the final episode of a batch or an arc or the show. And uh, for a lot of these like more popular ones like Mando and Book of Boba Fett, that's the end of the story, so it has to all kind of head. It has to be big and explosive, right? It it almost feels like the climactic action is kind of combined with the ending, the final resolution quite often in these TV show finales. But Andor is, F is a different show because it's a lot more batch-focused. It's not even like serialized episodes. It's just, you know, these three episodes are one story. These three episodes are a continuation, but... You can honestly watch it on your own. It's like the next chapter of Cassian's development. And it did a lot of the same things as a lot of those other shows have done, but it had added some new twists and layers, even compared to what we saw in the end of the Cassian first batch, the Cassian Andor first batch of episodes. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was just like the surprise twists and all that, which aren't like terribly surprising it's more like the execution of them that was like very like meaty it is it was very much enjoyable to chew in like these moments these visuals as it was occurring um and i'd say this is probably like the first episode of the series that totally justifies the show being called andor for me it all kind of comes back to him in so many ways um yeah, if if we can say that the show really begins with Cassian shooting someone in cold blood, I, I it feels like this could be a recurring thing with this guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and he his his progression in this to you know to that point where he is shooting Skeen, we are starting to see his heart turn a little bit here. Uh, we will progress with that narrative most likely to the end of the season is when we'll probably see him officially consider himself a, a rebel. But uh, 
yeah, it's it's. I think it was a nice mirror to who Cassian is throughout these last three episodes, throughout this whole arc. Really, he sees himself in this other guy, and sees the desperation, but also the the desire to just <laughs> take advantage of every situation that he possibly can. And and I think Cassian makes the decision here to to step beyond that. So that's the major growth we definitely get from him. Uh, but but Skeen's death is, is one amongst uh, many, as we all kind of thought with their insistence on getting us attached to the rest of these characters. We do lose most of this crew, pretty much all of this crew. Uh, and, and I thought the way it was all handled, the way the, the structure of the heist went, how it was going all smoothly, we all, we all knew it was going to end up blowing up. But the way they did it, the way... They built the tension. Tony Gilroy is is really that's his hallmark as a filmmaker. He's he's done mostly action thrillers and and um, thriller is kind of his his go to genre, especially political type thriller. And the way this builds into ultimately what is the final shootout, uh, I I was on the edge of my seat really the entire time, and we all kind of knew it was coming. We knew, we knew it was coming, but it still got me, and I I enjoyed all of it. The death of uh, Gorn, Gorn yeah. is was I think the one that was honestly like the saddest because he had the way his the way his character kind of the hope that you start to see kind of manifest in him as it's all starting to go to a head. You see him most closely with these other more despicable Imperials, and and it's through his eyes in this episode that we get our look at the other Imperials that are part of this whole thing. That one that one hit me, and of course. Um, We've we've got to talk about our our believer friend who <laughs> who gets crushed by a cart. And I thought that was a great death. Yeah, that was not something I was expecting. And this show has been more violent than most Star Wars shows. That was that was definitely more of a a, a death. Very few deaths in Star Wars make you go like ooh. And uh, that one that one doesn't. And it's surprising and it's sudden. And the way, you know, the way the whole thing starts to go wrong, just not in the shootout, but also progressing into just them taking off <laughs> and then and then keeping him alive just purely so they could escape. And then there's an argument about whether they should even try to keep him alive after. I, I loved all that. And I love the way how dirty this early rebellion is and, and how everybody's kind of out for themselves. They're out for the cause, but ultimately... The only way to fight for the cause is for them to, to live and everyone wants to survive this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his death, I don't know. Like this show in general has, it's played on some things in Star Wars, like the fun speeder getaways and things like that, that we expect that are still bombastic in a lot of ways, but yeah, certainly just being crushed by the thing that you, I don't know. It's 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 very interesting being crushed by the thing that you're trying to get away from. Like, and it's not even being used for like mercenary purpose and all. At least in Nemec's mind, it's like we're just taking away from the people who are causing so much damage. We're trying to make a mark. It could be distributed in his mind to something more fruitful, like, even if it's not necessarily like charity work. I think he would have probably seen a use for it in funding rebellion groups like themselves and creating some sort of unified organization because we are still a bit out from like something like the ghost crew and only maybe the partisans is like the most notable rebellion group and after this episode i can see a lot of these characters 
worked quite well with the Partisans. Interesting choice to have him basically die by Cassian's hands. And it, it's interesting because the episode really starts off with Nemec saying, like, I wrote about you. Like, what type of person like you could fit into this greater rebellion? You know, and it, I don't know if that's part of his manifesto that he has specifically given to Cassian post-mortem. If, even if Cassian eventually forgets Nemec, the only thing he'll have left is the manifesto and maybe like bits and pieces of the memory of this mission. Or maybe he keeps it. I don't know. I, I could see this kid being like the driving force in a, in a myriad of ways um, for Cassian as he evolves as a rebel. Uh, I would say for me, two other things that struck out besides the skiing turn and Nemec. Um, visually, great. The eye stuff was the delight. I can see why. And I love the editing of this episode because we are essentially getting like a hostage situation POV with these characters that we've grown attached to. Like everything about this feels like hostage tactics, empty to save, you know, someone will die. We literally see this commander come in, get shot because he pulls a gun on one of these rebels. And as this whole thing is going on, we're cutting to the Aldanians at the temple, right? As this tension is building, as we're starting to see some Imperials kind of figure something's a little off, cut back to the Aldanians chanting and at their temple enjoying themselves. And it, it, that was that was a really good use of editing because we see them. They, it's it's nothing that they have to worry about. They're they're at the temple, and then they're not at the temple for another year, right? Like this is the only thing that matters to them. And it was just charming that to be reminded, like, why, why, like, I was like, why are we keep on going back to them? Like, what's the use? And then it's like, that's when the eye hits when they're all like in awe of that, that, I don't know. It, it felt good to be pulled out of that tension at times. And then just be lurched a little forward every time I came back into it. That was great. Um, I also liked a little bit of the confirmation of Vel and Cinta's relationship. I know a lot of people have been speculating online for the past week. It seems very obvious now that they're in a relationship and, Female characters are very easily fridged in a lot of TV shows. And I expected Cinta to just be killed. She doesn't really have an escape route at the end of this episode. She just sneaks in. But I think there's people who have seen her quite clearly in the hostage situation. So it's like, what is she going to do next? Will we follow up on that thread? Is she just going to die off screen? I'm very curious about that. But at the same time, I'm glad that she didn't just die because the story demanded it. We got the people who had to die. And as to your comment on Gorn's death hitting you, I, I agree, but I also did appreciate that he kind of just died pretty lacklusterly. Like, we didn't get, like, a close-up of him. Even if it is sad that he dies, even if he doesn't expect it, I think he's fine with it, like, relatively, as far as a dead person goes in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he, he seemed the most devoted to really just putting it to the Imperials out of all these. And it's kind of opposite of what we've speculated in the past about him being more of an obstacle in this mission, but he was really one of the rocks of the whole thing. The Back to the filmmaking too. It's just, that's been, I think that my favorite thing about this show consistently in every single episode so far has been the fact that Tony Gilroy has been able to make Star Wars feel less science fictiony and and even more real more grounded than before and that's one of people the reasons people always have loved star wars is for the way george lucas was able to make 
this sci-fi fantasy world feel lived in feel like it existed feel like all these aliens and humans cross paths naturally and it doesn't feel weird it's not like and it, these aliens are are otherworldly they're part of this universe as much as our main human characters are but but tony gilroy's taking it a step further to even where it just it just feels like we're watching people in in like a normal military type political thriller type show like there's there's even another layer of the fantasy sci-fi element that's lifted up and i think watching the the donnie's chant mixed with the heist even adds more to that like this is there's there's something about you know the no subtitles on their chants just hearing the way they're you know so passionately into what they're saying seeing the eye seeing that moment where all of them and all the imperials are standing together watching that the comets fly by or whatever the eye is there was something about that that really struck me that was just like this is this feels you know not star warsy and i kind of you know i kind of like that it's the the fantasy element has been lifted and this is as grounded and real as we've gotten. And that was one of the things people loved about Rogue One. One of the things I loved about Rogue One. And I think they're heightening it to an even further level. So uh, props to them for continued excellence in the, the filmmaking, at least throughout the show. Because you can tell it's it's handled by somebody who has a very, very clear vision. And since this whole show really is the most cohesive probably of all the shows because it is not episodic it's nice to see that continued look continued tone and continued style throughout every single episode so that's going to do it for episode six the eye of andor thank you all so much for watching and we will be talking about in predictions and speculations on friday we'll be talking about those kind of two little teases at the end with the short clips of mon mothma and the short clip of luthan way it will all tie together what could cassian's path be in the second half of this season which characters might return may not return we'll be talking about all of that in our predictions and speculations which will again be dropping on friday if you haven't yet please like the video and comment below let us know what you thought of Andor episode six and if you haven't subscribed please subscribe that will really help us out with the youtube algorithm it'll help us know that you guys like our content and want to see more thank you all so much for watching and we'll see you next time